GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ. And I am joined by the only man I would avenge if he were paralyzed in a Muay Thai fight. Hovercraft Joe. <laughs> What's up, LBJ? That was that was a pretty good one. I, I always look forward to your intros, and that one did not disappoint. Right? It was oh, it was I would say overly specific, but in the best possible way. Hey, you know what? It worked. I appreciate it. I yeah. hope I I hope to not get paralyzed in a Muay Thai fight. So I I hope you don't get paralyzed too in a Muay Thai fight. But if you do, I've got you. All right. It's good to know. Good to know. Um, So, yeah, we're uh, clearly talking about the well, maybe not clearly, Maybe not clearly. I don't know if this is that that was, again, a very specific reference. But at the same time, really? Yeah, I I say clearly because I just I I like literally finished watching this like, I don't know, an hour or two before (laughs) recording. So it's fresh in my mind. This is a weird Um, recording session for us, but. Yeah, but we are here to talk about uh, 1989's Kickboxer, the Jean-Claude Van Damme classic, question mark? Yeah, no, I would say it's a classic. It's a classic insofar as it's one of his earlier movies. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of one of the ones he's known for. Well, yeah, and it was interesting, too, because I I mean, obviously, I'm not as familiar with uh, JCVD as you. So I was kind of like, well, where does this fit in the like, like the, the pantheon of like movies? Like and like, I feel like all his really famous movies that he's known for all came out in this like super compact, like period of time. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like. It's like Bloodsports 88, This is 89, Lionheart and Death Warrant 90, Double Impact and Universal Soldier 91, 92. Uh, then you got Hard Target, Time Cop. They're all with from like 88 to like 94. So it, it's kind of crazy how it's all jam-packed in there. Yeah, he, it's weird. He had a real weird short shelf life, especially compared to someone like Schwarzenegger or Stallone, who, you know, had a much longer broader you know popularity he was really kind of you know sort of sort of there and then not there anymore right well it's probably all that cocaine right yeah that's yeah i would say that's probably probably most of it yeah Uh, i also saw uh, a movie that came out the same year that he was in that you refused surprisingly refused to do on the podcast is cyborg i've never refused to do cyborg what i've said is we can do Cyborg. The only problem is it's hard to find a decent copy to watch because they haven't really, you know, and granted, I haven't checked in a while, so I'll go mm-hmm. check now, but they don't really have a good digital copy and it's hard to get a decent, like, DVD copy of it. Well, I think uh, from, uh, spoiler alert, I bought this movie because it was like five bucks to buy on Amazon. Yeah. Um, I, but, like, I think the other, I think Cyborg is on Prime now. Oh, okay. Well, then we may be doing Cyborg soon. But we'll we'll, we'll double check that before we commit. But anyway, so that was also Cyborg's terrible. But (laughs) (laughs) but we'll 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 continue. Okay, so uh, release date on Kickboxer is September eighth, nineteen eighty nine. It has a budget of only two point seven million dollars, which I guess makes sense because there's not a lot going on in this movie. And not only that, this is a canon film. Oh shoot! I guess I didn't even realize that. Yeah, so we should we should mention that this is one of those infamous and Cyborg's the same way. Cyborg, I believe, is a canon film. Also, um, he had a contract with Canon to release his films, and so they gave him a little bit of money to make action movies, kind of like they did with Chuck Norris. And so this is one of those. Was Bloodsport Blood a Sport, canon film? Bloodsport was not. I believe Bloodsport okay. is is like a, is Golden Harvest, maybe, which is the same oh. people that did. Um, Enter the Dragon, and they do a lot of like the kaiju movies, like um, okay Godzilla and stuff. 
So, uh, so a budget of two point seven million. I have on this pretty astounding numbers. It said like a domestic gross of fourteen million and a worldwide of fifty million dollars. Yeah, um, part of that was they picked the most sparse week they could to release this. So they picked a movie, picked a weekend that had nothing up against this, <laughs> and and it worked. Um, and also, you know, Bloodsport had come out. People were riding high on Bloodsport, and everybody loved that a lot. And, um, you know, so so they were excited to see kind of the next big Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. They're thinking, you know, he's the next Schwarzenegger, he's the next Stallone. And they got this movie, um, which, you know, good or bad, this was the next movie he did, and it did well. Right. And, it, I mean, it's, I mean, I guess if you're like, Oh, I really liked him in Bloodsport. Like this is not that far afield from no, <laughs> Bloodsport. It's really not, and yeah, it's really not. Also, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. We'll talk about it more when we get into the plot. This movie is like I don't know, eighty percent training. Yes, this movie. <laughs> this movie is a live action episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> This movie is a live action that cutscene in Mike Tyson's Punch Out, where you're jogging the, yes. behind the guy on the bicycle. Yeah, behind uh, Doc. Yeah, you're, no, you're exactly right. This, this movie takes it literally steals from the Karate Kid, from Rocky, a little bit from Rambo. It steals from Bloodsport. You know, <laughs> it steals from anime movie, anime uh, cartoons and 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 shows and things, and um. Yeah, there's really not an original idea in this, I don't think. Well, yeah, and it's weird, too. I mean, we'll get to it. Like, I remember when we talked about um, a movie that you enjoyed and I didn't as much, uh, Lionheart. Right. And we're kind of like, yeah, and not a lot happens in this movie. And that's kind of how I feel about this movie. Like, I'm not saying whether that's a good or a bad thing yet. I'm just sure. saying, like, the general crux of the plot, like, not a lot happens. There's not a ton. No, it really, it's weird too. Like the first 30 minutes of the movie are one thing. And then the next 30 minutes of the movie are something completely different. And then the last 30 minutes of the movie are something else too. So it's, and there's, there's some stuff at the end too, and we'll get to it again, but it's just like, it's definitely not in there for any reason. No. Like, and it's like, I don't know why you put that in there. Like, why is that a plot point? It didn't serve. Like, you know what? We'll hold my thoughts on sure, it till we get to sure. it. Uh, we'll let's get to it. We'll let's get to it. let's let's finish up with the numbers. So, uh, Rotten Tomatoes on this of thirty six percent, and a audience score of sixty four percent. So Which I would say tracks. Like this is yeah. one of those of the Jean Claude Van Damme movies. This is one of the more beloved Jean Claude Van Damme movies. Yeah, um, and we should kind of. I mean, we didn't really talk about it, but I I know that I had seen this before. Um, it, it's been years and years and years and years since I've seen this. And the only couple things I really remembered about it, um, well, I should say really, for some reason, the only thing I specifically remembered is that that guy gets that meat hook in his crotch at one point in the movie. Oh yeah. Um, but a lot of it, and, and I, a lot of it's really like mixed in with blood sport. Like, I guess I forgot that this is the one where they put like, they dip the, the glass on yep. there. Like, so, um, but yeah, I, I've definitely seen it before. I feel like it's probably something I watched in your basement. Um, and then, yeah, I haven't seen it in years. But now I own it, so. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm fairly certain this was one of the movies that we watched at my Jean-Claude Van Damme Fest birthday when we were eight, nine. Maybe I think it was nine. Well, when I yeah. turned nine. Um, yeah. I'm fairly certain this was one of the movies we watched. I think it was like this and uh, it might have been Lionheart. No, I think you're wrong. Okay. Here's here's where you're wrong because I think we actually watched Lionheart and Death Warrant at that party. Because I remember Death Warrant's the one where he's in prison? Yes. Question mark? Well, I don't know. When did Death Warrant come out? Uh, Let us see here. I still have it pulled up. Death Warrant came out in the year 1990. Same year as Lionheart and Death Warren both came out in 1990. Okay, then yeah, that, that that tracks. So then maybe it was like my 10th birthday. Yeah. Well, anyways, but yeah, so that that that's I guess that's not yeah. the important part of the but story. But I've sorry. seen this before. I had watched it when I was young. Um, 
you know, I went through all the John Claude Van Damme movies that one, the ones that were out at that point. Uh, and, and then I'd seen it again subsequently, maybe two or three times after that. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I'm laughing at my head. I'm like, man, I'm like, we've, done quite a few John Claude Van Damme movies now. We have. Because I totally, I totally forgot about that one we did with him and Dennis Rodman. Yeah, and, and I will say this. I haven't tried to push them, you know, on the podcast, but whenever I suggest them, you guys are like, yeah, okay. Well, I, this one was a little bit of prodding from you because you were like, we haven't done Bloodsport or Kickboxer? And I was like, oh, I guess we haven't. And then, then – I think we ultimately decided on this one because it was like you could you could buy it for cheap. Oh, see, I read your text message a little bit differently. So when I said, so when I my 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 thought process sending it to you was, oh, weird, we haven't done Kickboxer or Bloodsport yet. It wasn't yeah. suggesting. I was just saying, oh yeah, it's weird that we haven't done that yet. <laughs> and so you responded with, yeah, we haven't done one that we should do on. <laughs> I was oh, thinking okay. like I was thinking like you were excited, like oh, I can't believe we didn't do one of those. Yeah, we should totally do one. So. Well, in my mind, anytime you bring up JCVD, knowing what kind of a fan you are, I'm assuming that means you want to. But but seriously, Universal Soldier, Time Cop, yep. uh, Double Team, Lionheart, uh, this. Am I, oh, you guys did Hard Target. Yeah, hard Target. I was, yep. <laughs> I was on the podcast. So many, oh, Sudden Death. Sudden Death. So many Van Damme movies we've, we've hit, done. We've hit the majority of them at this point. Oh, man, the vast majority. A... They're like Bloodsport we haven't done yet. And like, double, du- no, not double team. Double, double team we uh we, what's we the have, one? Double team's the one with uh with Dennis Rodman. No, we haven't no, done no, double no. impact. Double oh, impact double the one impact. where he plays okay. the twin. Yeah, that, I want to do that one. Okay, yeah. Uh but anyways, we digress. Moving uh on. top grossing movies of nineteen eighty-nine. Yeah. Uh we uh top three, one number one is the one that we've covered, which yeah. is Batman. Batman yeah. uh, then you also have uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And another movie we've covered, uh, number three, Lethal Weapon 2. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, this movie, Kickboxer, came in number 69 for the year. Okay. Uh, and other movies we have covered in 1989 are number 20, Tango and Cash, and number 40, Roadhouse. <laughs> wow, what a great year. Yeah, and there were like I, I I can't remember any at the top of my head, but when I was scrolling through to to pick out the movies that I was like, oh yeah, like there was a lot of other movies that came out this year that was like, oh yeah, okay, yep, 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 which makes sense. I mean, we were nine years old or so, so it was a as we've talked about those years between like ninety or like eighty eight and ninety three were very formative for movies for us. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, man, eighty nine eighty nine is a good year. Yes, eighty nine is good. Like I said, I can't remember some of the other ones I saw, but there were there were a few other ones. That I'm like, oh yeah, we could definitely cover some more of these. But um, okay, so here's where I'm going to run into a problem: the cast of this movie, Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> as Kurt Sloan. That's all I got for you. I don't know if any of these other people I should know who they are. Uh, there's not a ton. Um, so Dennis Alexio plays his brother Alec, uh, uh, Eric. He is mm-hmm. actually a champion kickboxer. He was at one point considered the best kickboxer in the world. Um, I myself thought he looked like Ravishing Rick Rude. He did look like Ravishing Rick Rude. But in <laughs> okay. the 80s, a lot of people look like Ravishing Rick Rude. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Michael Kissy is the other guy. He plays Tong Po. Um, he's in a bunch of different Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Uh, in Lionheart, he's one of the legionnaires that are after him. He's the really, yeah. He's the bald guy. He beefed up a lot. Um, he is also in, um, what else was he in? Oh, he's in, he's in blood sport. He plays the Muay Thai guy that gets his, uh, like leg broken or something and blood sport. And, uh, but he's, his, he's like best friends with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And so he's been in a ton of stuff. He worked as a fight choreographer for him at one point. Um, but he just does all kinds of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Oh, all right. Well, and as far as uh, everybody else goes, I got nothing. Like okay. even I'm stumped on this cast. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. So oh, I guess we'll wait. I will say this. Uh oh. So Freddie Lee's voice is Jim Cummings. So Fr- Freddie Lee's actual speaking voice, like the guy that dubs over him, yeah. is Jim Cummings, uh, who is the voice of Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Darkwing Duck, 
uh, and a bunch of different Disney people. <laughs> wow. There you go. Yep. Um, okay. So speaking of how many times we've covered Jean-Claude Van Damme, the only net worth I have is Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's do, you have, do you have a guess? I remember it being lower than I wanted it to be. Uh, I'll say $12 million. You want to take a second guess? Because that's a lot lower than the actual answer. Oh, really? That makes me happy. Uh, $50 million? Yeah, $40 million, Okay. So. Hey, good for him. He didn't, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't snort all his money. Yeah, and I think he still consistently works, whether or not they're like, yeah. you know, again, we've discussed that straight-to-video uh, genre, and I, I think he has a lot of entries in that. So He does. I would say, like, after Legionnaire... He had most of his movies released. He had a lot of movies, most of them released on video. And I think the only one that hadn't been was like Expendables 2. Ooh, don't forget about Maximum Risk. I think that was I think that was before um uh, okay. All right. I just wanted to throw it out. <laughs> um okay, uh di- directors plural on sure. this, which I was like, okay. Um, Mark DeSalle and David Worth. Yeah, I think I guess one I'd... of them did. I think one of them was in charge of um, like the like the English speaking actors, and one of them did all of the Taiwanese speaking actors and Chinese actors. Okay, and didn't uh, Van Damme like did all the fight scenes? He did all the fight choreography. Yep. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and then writers, I have it's based on a story by Dennis Alexo, Alexio and Jean-Claude Van Damme himself. Yeah. And the screenplay is by uh, Glenn A. Bruce. That's right. So, um, and then the, uh, the music, at least the score was by Paul Herzog. Um, this score. We- oh man. <laughs> like when I heard it, I knew it sounded familiar and it took me a minute and then it all clicked. And we're going to play some songs because this is like, like, I have a couple notes just about like, oh, man, these are like these songs. Like, it's like such like it's hard to explain, but I, <laughs> they're all by uh, or sung by Stan Bush. Correct. The ones we're going to yeah, play. All the vocals are done by Stan Bush, who famously is Stan Bush, who did the music for Transformers, the movie. He sings most of the songs on like the Rocky soundtrack. Um, he did all, all kinds of different eighties. He was kind of the eighties go-to for action films and for, you know, these types of films. Uh, and we're, we're going to play a couple songs, right? Yeah, absolutely. We are. Uh, first we'll play, we'll play streets of Siam. We'll start with that. That one is actually uh, a Paul Herzog song. But I believe Stan Bush performs it. So here we go. So the streets of Siam, like there is God, that movie, that song, I mean, just reeks of late eighties. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like it comes out and you're like, Oh man, it's like, I didn't even realize listening to this, that it was like, and I'll have to like, when we start going through the actual plot and I see my notes that I wrote, 
But like, I didn't even realize these were Stan Bush songs. I'm just like, yep, this sounds like a song that should be in an eighties action movie. Yeah. Like they're God, they're so perfect. Like the soundtrack is, I will say this is better than the movie. (laughs) That's that's fair. Yeah. Uh, The next one we're going to play is a ballad. We're going to go, we're going to go fight for love. Sometimes it seems so hopeless all alone. Nowhere to turn so far away from home. It's up to So fight for love. Another one that like instantly takes you to 1989. Yeah. It is a hundred percent, you know, and I don't know if it's Stan Bush's voice or if it's the music and the arrangement or a combination of both, but it is God, it is such in my, so in my wheelhouse for these types of films. And then the last one we're going to play is maybe my favorite one. (laughs) Uh, Stan Bush never surrender, which this could have gone in any number of movies in the late eighties. Like you could see this in a million different movies, Uh, but it ended up in this one. So here we go. Part of me wants to think that that was a song left over from the Transformers, the movie soundtrack. <laughs> it could could be. Yeah, could be. I mean, it, it definitely, like you said, it could fit in any number of. Uh... Oh, yeah, it could be. It could have been in Rocky Four. It could have been in, you know, the Karate Kid. Not that not that he did music for Karate Kid, but it could have been in the Karate Kid. You know, it could have been anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. It's fantastic. Thank you, Stan Bush. Uh, 80s musical god. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you on that. Um, so, yeah, definitely. If, if you don't get anything from this episode, like, you're like, oh, I don't want to watch that movie. Like, at least listen to the soundtrack. I oh, guess. yeah. You will not be disappointed. Or just, you know, honestly, you can listen to the best of Stan Bush and be totally happy. <laughs> um, okay, so I got got a few taglines for this movie. All right. Um, first one: an ancient sport becomes a deadly game. Yeah, That's okay. pretty good, actually. That's not bad. There's one that I like way more. Okay. Uh, this it's not the second one. The second one is action has a new hero. Yeah. All right. Now this one. <laughs> this one I love. If your enemy refuses to be humbled, destroy him. Yeah, there we go. That sounds about right. That one's good. That one's 
Yeah. Okay. I, I can get behind that one. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't, I mean, I guess I don't know if it fits the movie or no, not. No, I but mean, it's good. It's solid. Yeah, it's definitely solid. Um, anything that we haven't covered before you want to kind of start talking about the plot of this? Um, no, I think we're good. I think, I think we've kind of given it, it's a good intro. Let's just, let's just roll into the plot. Okay. Uh, I, I will say the first note I wrote for this movie says, believe it or not, this movie starts off with a kickboxing match. Yeah. Who knew? Right. Um, so we're introduced to, uh, Eric and, um, why can't I think of John Glenn <laughs> Kurt. 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 Well, Eric I'm just going to call him Eric and Kurt Sloan. They're brothers. Uh, Eric is like an American kickboxing champion. Uh, and, they, and they show him. And he he's Eric the Eliminator Sloan. Yep. And we, we see him beat a guy up. Uh, and then, like, they're like, oh, what's next for you? And he's there's someone's like, oh, why don't you go to, like, Thailand and fight someone there in kickboxing? And it's like, okay. <laughs> so the next yeah, scene is, I love that. He's just like, meh. Uh, hey, uh, Kurt, uh, give us some tickets to uh, Thailand. So then, so the next scene is them arriving in Thailand, and I think that's where they play the streets of Siam. Yes, that is because because I have a note that says this song slaps. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, so and then, like, there's some random touches in this movie. Like, one of the things that happens immediately when they're there is that uh, Eric stops to pick up a hooker. Yeah, that's so. The first they get flowers, like yes. on, on the boat. On the, they buy, you know, a woman's passing by selling flowers on a boat. They buy flowers, and you don't know what it's who, what the flowers are for exactly. And then you find out it's uh, for Eric to give to the hooker he picks up uh, as soon as they land. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, then there's a scene of them like training, I guess, like in a park for some reason. Yeah. Uh, we're we're introduced to Tong Po. Uh, he's the champ in uh, in Thailand, and they're fighting at the I think they call it like the ba- Bangkok Sports Dome. Yes. Um, sponsored uh, clearly sponsored by Pepsi. Yes, uh, and I do like before the fight, Jean Claude goes to find out some ice, and he sees Tong Po in his dressing room, just like kicking this concrete pillar, um, and it's like shaking. It's like he's basically like shaking loose like concrete from this pillar because he's kicking it so hard. Yeah, and, and, and he's like, "Oh yeah, this is we shouldn't be here." Yeah, he goes and like, uh, and it's like, "Hey, you can't fight this guy. He's gonna beat you up." And Eric's like, "No, I'm gonna be fine." But guess what? He's not fine because he gets beat up really, 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 really bad by Tong Po, and then he eventually uh, paralyzes him. Yeah, takes he an like, elbow to the back, to the spine, and paralyzes him. Yeah. And if that's not bad enough, then he rips up his American championship belt. Yep. And then, like, they don't even take him to the hospital. They just take him out in the stretcher and, like, take him outside the building and, like, leave him in the street. That's it. Yep. Uh, but luckily, there was another American guy there, uh, Winston Taylor. Uh, he shows up to help Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, takes takes him and his brother to the hospital, um, that's when they find out that, that like they're, they're there for a while. And then the doctor comes out and tells them that he's, uh, he's paralyzed and Jean-Claude Van Damme's very upset. And immediately is like, I want to fight Tong Po. And like Winston's like, nah, man, you crazy. You can't, he's going to, he'll kill you. So then you get a street. Uh, you get a scene of him like, I I can't remember which song I played this scene, but I have a that says, another great song, LOL, sad walk around Bangkok. It's, they're playing Fight for Love. Okay, so they're playing Fight for Love, and he's just like wandering around the streets of Bangkok, really sad. Uh, and he goes into this kickboxing school, and he's like, I want to learn Muay Thai. And the guy's like, why? And he's like, because I want to fight Tong Po. And I'll, every, every single person in the kickboxing school yeah, laughs at him. there are hundreds of guys there. And, and, like, kids, they're kids from, like, maybe they're 10, all the way on up to adults. Everyone stops and laughs at him because apparently they can all understand what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. And, I, I, I and guess it's I so weird, too. That. We should probably specify, like, so they're brothers. One's American. One is very clearly not American. Uh, so they, they, they uh, explain it like their parents got divorced when they were young. And Eric stayed with his dad in the U.S. And Kurt went with his mom to Belgium. 
and was there for a little while and then went to some other place, Italy maybe, or someplace. I don't know. It's this convoluted story that they said they lived completely separate lives, but then they're, both their parents died, I guess? Yeah, it's it's very confusing, and it's obviously a complicated backstory just to explain why he's clearly not American, right? but is brothers with an American. And yes, they never really specifically say, but apparently their parents were divorced, but they also both were dead so i i don't yeah it was weird it was it was a lot of a lot of complicated backstory just to explain and i feel like i feel like jungle and van damme movies go one way or the other they go like really really complicated to explain why he's belgium uh or or sounds french whether he's you know french canadian or whatever or they Mm -hmm. just completely ignore it like yeah they don't there's no there's no decent middle ground Right. I, and I and I think the example I can think of one where they're I think Time Cop is one where they're just like, yeah, just deal with it. That's what he sounds yeah, like. Time Cop. And um, I think uh, Sudden Death is the same way. Right. But in but like in Lionheart, he was in the French Foreign Legion. Remember, yep, he was a French deserter. Legion, so. He was a deserter. Yeah. So it's yeah, it, you get one or the other. There's, it's a world of extremes <laughs> with Jacqueline Van Damme movies. Um, OK, so uh, anyway, so Winston ends up picking him up on the streets and is like, hey, you know what? Uh, I actually might know someone that will train you, but first, got to go out and party. So there's a random scene where they're in a strip club for no reason. Yes. Um, and you get kind of like some backstory in Winston where he like served in the military, and then maybe he became a gun runner, and he decided to help Jean-Claude Van Damme because he had a guy that was basically like his brother who needed help. And he didn't help him when he had the chance, so now he was trying to like pay it forward, I guess. Something like that, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I guess that's how it worked. <laughs> so um, I don't even know what song was playing, but I, I do have a note that says another sweet song. Need to get this soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, this soundtrack is God. Okay, I'm done talking about the soundtrack. It's okay. great. That's all you need to know. Is it's fantastic. So Winston drives uh, JCVD to – how do you say this guy's name? Zion? 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 We'll just call him Master Roshi. Okay. So he drives into Master Roshi's place. He immediately gets caught in like a booby trap. Um, and, you know, <laughs> Which is ridiculous. Yeah. So he kind of is like – it's kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, is he going to train him or not? But he's like, oh, you got to go to the village to pick up these groceries for me. Um, we're introduced to Miley, Miley, sure. Miley, Miley, oh, Miley. Uh, who, Miley sounds right. Who's uh, Master Roshi's niece. Um, she has a store there. JCVD like beats up some dudes at the store. Yeah. You know, there is a whole backstory we didn't explain yet. Like Tong Po um, is basically a crime boss, but like a lower crime boss. He works for the guys that own the arena that he fights in. And I guess Tong Po is in charge of like, like, I don't know exactly. He's like a, he's like muscle for Freddie Lee. And then Freddie Lee runs the area that the shop is in. Is that how it works? Or is Freddie Lee? I can't remember. Is, I, I, like, I couldn't figure that part out. Like, is Freddie Lee in charge? Um, I, I don't have answers for you, so stop looking toward me to answer these questions. That's fair. Essentially, the Taiwanese mafia kind of runs everything, and uh, they get mixed up in that with some uh, some of their uh, street toughs. Yeah, and it, it really doesn't play that big of a part in the movie, to be honest with you. Not like particularly, they, no. So anyway, so he beats up these guys, um, and then he goes back and like... Um, he, he agrees to train them, and this is, starts my training notes because the first one says, lots of training. Um, one of the things he does is he, he like ties some meat to his belt so the dog will chase him around. Kiki, I think that's the dog's name. Yes. Um, did you, did you uh, read the backstory on that? No. Why that's in the movie? <clears throat> I guess when Jean-Claude Van Damme was training himself, like personally training, one of his karate teachers had him get a full – like um, a full padded suit on and just sick dogs on him. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Um, so, and, and this is where we talked about, just talked about this, but I do have a note that says, at least they don't try and pretend like he's an Amer- all American in this movie. Like, so we did, we covered that already. But did, I yeah, yeah. About that. 
Um, then, uh, then another note that says more training. Um, also, that machine that he has to get him to be able to do the splits is awful. <laughs> oh my god, it is. I don't know why that is like the ultimate power move. I mean, I get like he's got to be able to kick high. Tong Po is not that much taller than him. It's not really going to have to reach that high, but yeah. like they lay it's, him on his back, yeah, and essentially have ropes tied to his ankles that are connected to pulleys. And so when you pull, so so uh, Master Roshi is pulling on the rope and mm-hmm. forcing him to do the splits. <laughs> it seems like the most. I mean, it, it, like the the sounds that they use for it are just like the most painful, oh. like tearing, like oh, it's oh, it, really it's bad. It's awful. It's so bad. Um, then we get uh, a quick like shot of like Tong Po and he's beating up some other dude in the ring. Uh, I guess just to check in on Tong Po. Um, then we have still more training. <laughs> he he hasn't practiced just like kicking a palm tree. And then he gets him so mad that he literally kicks a palm tree down. <laughs> yeah. I love the training where he's like, okay, lay on the ground. I'm going to drop coconuts on your ch- on your stomach. <laughs> <laughs> There's the one where he has him underwater and he's just like doing um, like punches and kicks underwater. Yeah. Um, after he kicks down the palm tree, my note says, you guessed it. More training. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, this is like, oh, this so, is like that part in Dragon Ball Z, like in between, in between, like like right after the Ginyu Force, but right before they actually get to the Cell Saga. It's <laughs> it's so annoying. It's like he's in the hyperbolic time chamber. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm sorry, not, not the Cell Saga, the uh, the the uh, Frieza Saga. Man, confusing your DBZ storyline, you're going to get crucified on I the uh, on it. the uh, Discord. I know. Um, That's a movie we got to cover still, too, is uh, the Dragon Ball movie. Evolution? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it, but uh, I've heard, I hear nothing but good things. Um, anyways, so I, the next bit is like, oh, we're, go- we're going to a special place for training today. Takes him to a bar, gets him really drunk, <laughs> then makes some dance, which is like... If you know nothing about Jean-Claude Van Damme, you've at least seen a meme or a gif or a clip of this dancing scene from the movie where he's like wearing the tank top and he's just like dancing his little heart out and like they're playing this funky music. Did you see his tank, what the tank top actually is? It's so weird, right? It's like- It has like a zipper on front, So the front has a zipper and the straps aren't straps, they're suspenders. (laughs) So it's suspenders that connect all the way to the front Right to hold the top part on, and then it's got a zipper on the front of it down the middle. It is the weirdest tank top ever, and I know you definitely know what this meme is because I constantly send it to people on Discord just to piss them off. Yeah, like, and there's all he's just it's just him grooving, dude. It's 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 legit funny. Like it is funny. It's great. It, it is it is really funny. Uh, so he gets so he's dancing and he's drunk and he ends up beating up ton of dudes in the bar and this is kind of like we find out it was kind of like an audition to get him a warm-up fight like in the uh muay thai scene there in bangkok so um he gets a warm-up fight and he he beats that guy up pretty easily yeah (laughs) like really no problem at all and and the crowd's really excited about and they all start yelling knock Nak suk kao, nak suk kao, nak suk kao, which means white warrior, we're told. And like the whole crowd's like chanting it. Um, Eric gets out of the hospital. Um, and so now he's hanging out at Master Roshi's in his wheelchair. He doesn't want um, uh, JCVD to fight Tong Po. He's like, you can't do it, man. Um, but then like they find out they are going to fight and they're like, we're going to, they're going to fight the, the old ways, which essentially means they have to dip their hands. They have to wrap their hands, dip them in resin and then rub them in like broken glass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently that's the old way. Um, did, uh, did, you, did you skip the part where he trains at the, uh, like the ruins? Oh no, I don't think so. Cause my next note says, Oh wait, more training. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it, he trains at the ruins a couple of different times. Just to that's clarify. Right, right, that. right. And then there's that weird scene like with the, with the Falcon. Well, the Falcon's featured a lot in yeah, the movie. There's this Falcon <laughs> that like shows up. It's almost like his spirit animal when he's training. It's really weird. And yeah. uh, and, and like the whole conceit of training at the ruins is, you know, you, you feel the presence of the warriors that used to train there and used to do battle there. Yeah. And so it, it plays into uh, plays into it a little bit at the end. 
Yeah. Um, I do have a note that says that that dang bird is back. <laughs> um, we also, there's also like a little, like, I feel like, okay, this really doesn't pan out at all. I don't know why. There's a couple things coming up that shouldn't be in this movie. One, there's a little scene where Tong Po's manager goes to like the head of the Taiwanese mob there. And it's like, Hey, I want to borrow a million dollars to bet on Tong Po for this fight. And he's like, okay, but that doesn't pay off in any way at the end. No, no. It's really just kind of a dangling thread. And then uh, let's, we'll talk lightly about this. Cause I don't know. Well, what it's, gonna be. So- it's not really a dangling thread. There's, there's more to it. It has to do with what happens later on in the movie too, but All right. to, to an extent. So then, like, okay, I, I guess in an effort, I don't know why, they, Tong Po, they kidnap Miley, he slaps her around a little bit, and rapes her, is what we find out. But why is that in the movie? Well, I think the reason why is they want JCVD to throw the fight so that the guy can make good on his bet. That's why they kidnap his brother. Well, I think that's why they kidnap her, too. But I they, think they, I think let, they her let, her go. let her go. Yeah, but I think it's it's like all part of it. I mean, I guess I just I just feel like it like they kidnap his brother, so he'll throw the fight. He has motivation because this dude paralyzes his brother. Like I feel like it's just unnecessary. Yo, it's totally unnecessary. You know, it's like you know making the evil character more evil. Yeah, it's like we get it. He's a bad dude. He paralyzed the guy. Like we we don't need any. And Jean Claude Van Damme doesn't need any extra motivation. But you know, whatever. Anyways, okay. So uh, the bad guys show up at Master Roshi's. They kidnap Eric, and I thought they killed the dog, but they did not. They just threw a knife and they stabbed the dog. But then the dog ends up Kiki ends up surviving, which I yeah, was happy about. The dog's fine. You know, it was a real it was a real uh, GI Joe the movie. Duke's gonna be a okay moment. Yeah, and Kiki's a German Shepherd? Question mark. Yes, Kiki is a German Shepherd. Uh, because Kiki is at, at the fight at the end, and they keep cutting. It's so funny. They show like, and they're cutting the reaction shots. They cut to like three or four times. They cut to the dog's reaction yeah. shots. So yeah, Very I'm like strange. what? I'm like that's weird. Um, okay, so uh, they they get they dip their hands in the glass. Uh, Tong Po licks. <laughs> The glass, like his glassy hand, which I thought was kind of weird. And it, is it is it a um, Hot Shots movie where they do the parody, but they're like dipping it in like ice cream toppings and stuff like that? I believe that... so. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that's so. I think that's Hot Shots. That's two. Part yeah. yeah, that's the second one. Um. So they t- they uh, prior to the fight, they tell Jean Claude they're like, "Hey, if you don't lose this fight, we're gonna kill your brother." So they're like, "But you know, make it last the whole time, and you know, blah blah blah." Uh, they're kind of fighting in like, I don't know, diapers. It looks like, yeah, it's not great. It's, um, yeah, I, you know, and honestly it could be, maybe that's traditional Muay Thai garb. Yeah. That's but, what I'm assuming it is, sure. but it looks like, it looks like leather diapers they're fighting in. Um, so, uh, master Roshi tr- follows one of the bad guys and figures out where they're holding Eric and him and Winston combined to rescue Eric. Uh, Winston's whole thing was that, like, he didn't want to help because he's like, I'm not going to cross the crime boss. And, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme kind of calls him out. But then he ends up showing up and, like, with a machine gun grenade launcher and his military gear and, like, helps out and saves him. And that's also where the guy that threw the knife uh, that stabbed Kiki, that's also where Master Roshi uh, swings that big meat hook and catches him in the crotch with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the dog stabber gets the meat hooked to the crotch, which so, honestly was pretty satisfying. Yeah, no, he deserved it. A hundred percent. So this whole time, like Jean-Claude Van Damme is just getting the crap kicked out of him by uh, Tong Po. Yeah. No. Uh, do you think he's doing it on purpose? Uh, what, getting beat up? Yeah. Well, uh, I have a twofold answer. One, I think that he's just like, well, I can't, I can't try too hard because I know I can beat this guy and I don't right. want to accidentally beat him. But also my meta answer is that just that's how Jean-Claude Van Damme movies work is that he has to be getting beat up pretty bad in the last fight and then magically just win the fight. That's fair. No, you know, what? that's fair. So it, it looks bad for Jean-Claude Van Damme. But then like just as like the last round, I don't know if it's the last round, it's about to start. Like you hear a whistle and, and, and uh, Winston and Masaroshi have uh, Eric up on their shoulders. And he's like, 
I can't remember what he says, but he's like, yeah, get him, Noxu, cow. And then, like, the crowd immediately turns and starts chanting that again. Like, it was really fast. Um, and then Jean-Claude Van Damme just really, really, really kicked Tong Po's ass. Like, he beats him really bad. Um, it, it's pretty cool when he's just, like, being the crowd. And that- I... I I like when the guy that's trying to sound the gong to end the round and like Winston yeah. grabs it and he's like, oh, 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 and like stops him from ending the round. It's pretty great. It is pretty great. I, I will say this about, f- for whatever reason, these older Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, and I guess most of them actually, a lot of slow motion in the fights. And like there is easily two or three seconds between every punch. Like he hits a guy, I- stand in pose, Hits a guy, stands and poses. It's it's excruciatingly slow compared to modern movies like you know the raid or I mean yeah. even even um, triple threat. Yeah, well, it's and like I super fast paced. And I don't even know. I mean, I know it's in some movies. It might I can't remember specifically this one, but they also sometimes do that thing in the in these types of movies where they show you like the punch, like the same punch a couple times in a row. You know, yeah, in, in a couple the different angles. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he really beats him up bad. It's it's pretty satisfying. Um, although I guess he doesn't kill him. He's still alive at the end? Question mark. Um, yeah, I think so. I don't think, yeah, I I think do, he kills him. I do. I do like that after he beats him and knocks him out, just for kind of like just for fun. He also kicks Tungpo's manager in the face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, knock, and knocks him out, and then like they all celebrate. And that's Freddie. Tungpo's manager is Freddie Lee. Freddie Lee. Yeah. He kicks Freddie Lee in the face. Um, and, and that's the end of the movie. Thus, really, the whole thing about him borrowing a million dollars is not paid off because, yeah, he lost the fight. So, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to be in trouble with the Taiwanese gangsters, but we don't get any hint of that. The Taiwanese yeah. gangsters at the fight watching it. But other than that, <clears throat> yeah, I don't and, know. And, what. you know, ultimately, like, they kidnapped his brother. The entire place is, sure, it's filled with fans, but. There's a lot of bad guys there too. Like, what's yeah. to stop them just from taking them all and killing them? <laughs> you know what? There was a kickboxer two, three, and four, so maybe they explained it in that. Well, uh, I had to tell you there was a there was a kickboxer two, three, four, and five, my friend. There was, yeah, there was the the reboot with the head Jean Claude Van Damme in it, I believe. No, there's there's kickboxer, right? Kickboxer two, kickboxer three, kickboxer four. Uh, Kickboxer 5, The Redemption. Then they rebooted the series in like 2016 with Kickboxer Vengeance. Oh. Then they made, one, they made one in 2018 called Kickboxer Retaliation. And it sounds like they might be making another one that's going to be called Kickboxer Armageddon. So, Oh, okay. Well, But know. yes, it does seem like when they rebooted it, it's essentially like, it seems like they used the same character names of like Kurt Sloan sure. and, and Eric Sloan, but like Jean Claude Van Damme is playing the guy that trains him. Like, so he's, so like, he's, playing he's like Roshi. he's like the master Roshi role. And like <laughs> the description for like the second one they made sounded like like for some reason he had to fight some kind of illegal prison fight or something, and so he had to get Jean Claude Van Damme and like Mike Tyson to train him. I don't know. Wow. I, I, I can't 100%. Uh, I didn't watch the trailer for that one, but it sounded um, it sounded pretty wild, man. We, so. we may need to revisit those. Not even revisit. We may need to visit those. Um, yeah, Kickboxer Retaliation. Now, See, now I'm curious, so now I, I'm pulling up the IMDb page to see. Um, oh, it's got, it's got Frankie Edgar in it. Hey, it's okay. Got, it's got Vanderlei Silva in it. All right. Uh, Renzo Gracie, uh, Renato Sobral, uh, Babalu, Chris- <laughs> Christopher Lambert. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, <laughs> Roy Big Country Nelson. There you go. I guess maybe, maybe, maybe Mike Tyson's not in. Maybe I made that up. No, maybe it's one of the later ones. I don't know. But why would I make that up? That doesn't sound like something I would make up, right? I don't think so. Um, I got to scroll through this guy. Fill the, fill the void. Oh, no, never mind. He is in it. Mike there you go. Found <laughs> it. So, so it's Fabrizio or doom for doom. Um, wow. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, anyways, so one of these days, maybe we'll have to cover the reboot. Um, I guess so. Or the sequel to the reboot. I don't know. Um, 
but yeah, anyway, so that's, we made it to the end of the movie. Um, I, I don't understand. I, and I, this is a little bit stepping on your role reversal probably, but sure. it, it said that like originally, uh, it was supposed to star Chuck Norris as Kurt Sloan. No, 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 no. Chuck Norris was going to be Eric Sloan. Oh, okay. Right. Chuck Norris was going to be the brother. Okay. Well. And again, that had to do with Canon. Canon still had Chuck Norris under contract. Oh, okay. Right. I don't know. Sense. I don't remember what the reason was why he turned it down or why it didn't work out. Um, but yeah, it was going to be him as the brother. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really have a ton else. I don't know what else you got over there for you, but No, that's really it. Um, uh, you know, it 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 obviously spawned a lot of sequels. Um, I direct a video um they introduced a new brother played by Sasha Mitchell of um uh step by step fame um, <laughs> and yeah i mean the franchise is still going so it's clearly making money in some regard i guess yeah well i it, apparently it's a it's a whole thing so we'll have to explore some more of the kickboxer franchise at some point yeah do we yeah maybe eh, <laughs> who knows you know what we go long enough. We're going to have to cover every movie at some point. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, boy. All right. Let's write this thing. All right. You want to go first or you want me to go first? I kind of want you to go first. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, this movie, you know, the soundtrack's great. It's clearly a late 80s action film. Um I kind of dig it like not not as much as I would something like, you know, obviously it's not like John Wick caliber or diehard caliber or even even Lionheart caliber. I like Lionheart a lot, Um, but this movie is good. I mean, I don't hate this movie. There are parts of it where it's slow, but it's just a dumb action movie. There is a lot of training in it, um, and it definitely steals from everything. There's no original ideas in the movie. But I don't know. There's just something about this movie that it, it just it's comforting to me. It's just like a nostalgia thing. I think it, there's really objectively, it's probably not a very good movie, but subjectively, I just kind of dig it. Like, I, I don't I don't <laughs> mind. I don't mind watching this movie. It's stupid. Um, it's real. It's really, truly classic Jean-Claude Van Damme. You know, the training montages, the kickboxing, um, the, the sappy story, the the terrible you know, terrible, um, uh, uh, like love plot line that's in it that really doesn't do anything. It's right. Yeah. You know, it, it's a fun watch. I, I'm going to give it three and a half machine guns. Just honestly, probably more for nostalgia regions than anything. <laughs> three, three and a half. Just, okay. Just for, I, just for I, nostalgia I, regions. I'd say really, really objectively, it's probably two, but I'm going to say three and a half just because I love the soundtrack. And I don't know. It's just one of those movies that hit me in the right way. All right. Fair enough. Um, uh, we should state uh, he's not here. The Tush is not here. But this movie does not have Jean-Claude Van Damme Tush. Although you get a couple glimpses of his Tush, like when he's wearing that like leather diaper. I'd say um, it counts. So, uh, but we should bring that up because the Tush isn't here. The Tush is he not here. He would be upset if we didn't mention that. Um yeah, I, I probably don't have as warm feelings for you uh, about this movie. I mean, I don't think it it wasn't a bad watch. I mean, the fight stuff is cool, but it, it's really kind of a, I mean, like it, nothing much happens. He he trains a lot, and then he ends up beating the guy at the end. Um, I don't know. I think there's I I think this if you want to see a movie like this, I think Bloodsport is a much better version of it. Um, which is surprising that this, well, I guess it's not surprising that this came out after Bloodsport. It's kind of like watered down Bloodsport to me. It's like in Bloodsport, we get Frank Dukes and he's already fully trained. This is like, well, what if you had to watch Frank Dukes train a lot for the Kumite? Yeah. That's kind of how what I feel like this is. And I would rather just watch him fight more people than train, I guess. From from, But it's it's not terrible. Um, it, you know, if you're into uh, that or a channel called Van Damme, you haven't seen this, it's worth checking out. But I, I'm probably more at a two and a half machine guns for this. You know, now that you say Bloodsport, 
I think I will back this down to a three only because I think you're right. I think Bloodsport is the better movie, but I don't think it's better than three and a half. So if I were to rank Bloodsport, I would have to give it a four, and Bloodsport's not a four movie. <laughs> so it is. It is funny sometimes how you think about that in your head. You're like, well, I have to, like, what, where am I really putting this movie? Because there are, I, I, I yeah. mean, like. I, I would never like remember specific examples, but I know there's ones where like I've been really high in a movie during the episode. And I've ranked it probably way higher than it should have. And been like, oh man, I gave that way too many machine guns comparatively to other movies. Yeah, I, and now that you mention Bloodsport, like just comparatively, I think you're right. This is pro- this is a three, and I would say it's a three for nostalgia reasons for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna back it down. I'll say three. Okay. All right, cool. So, <laughs> mystery spoiled when we do Bloodsport, you know that LPJ is giving it a three and a half. Yeah, if I remember. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if you remember we'll uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's net worth as well. Um, I doubt so it. So, yeah, I, I feel like we're probably about the same in this movie. You just are looking through it through your Jean-Claude Van Damme tinted glasses. I am, So yeah. that's why that's why it's a little bit higher the than gleam, mine. But... The gleam off his ass is blinding me. <laughs> So, but otherwise, I think we're not too far apart. It's a fun watch, but not, uh, you know, not anything to write home about. Yeah, no, I agree. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Well, Joe, thanks for being here. Uh (laughs) As always, I'm always free for some reason. Um, Yeah. So. All right. What do we want to do next? Oh, we got to do plugs. There we go. Uh, Yeah. So we're we're. Last Action Podcast. We come to you every Monday on the GameZilla Media Network and really anywhere where podcasts are available. We're kind of all over the place. Um, this is going to be our 152nd episode at this point. So we've got a lot under our belt, which is nice. Um, and none of them are behind a paywall. So there you go. You can listen to all of them for free. Enjoy. Yeah. And um, there's and there's even more than that because there's some special Halloween stuff. And yeah, there so. is. Yeah, we've probably done. I don't know how many episodes you think we've done at this point. Hundred. I think. I think the actual title uh, like number is probably closer to like one sixty, one seventy. Yeah, somewhere along there. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, because we have done some some special episodes, and honestly, some of those James Bond episodes are so long they might as well be two episodes each. <laughs> um, Surprisingly, surprisingly though, none of them are our two longest episodes ever. They're not. One of them. One of them makes sense. One of them is still a mystery it's to a mystery. all involved, and it's really. <laughs> Yeah, the board supremacy for whatever reason was like an hour and forty minutes, and none of us can figure out why. Like it didn't seem that long when we were recording it. No, it is weird. It is like sometimes we record episodes, and and both LP and J, LPJ, and I can tell like in the midst of the episodes, like this is going long, like this is going forever. But like that one, like it didn't seem long at all. We just did the episode, and then you were like, "This is the longest episode we've ever done." And we were like. <laughs> Wait, what? Like, it, it's so weird. So if you haven't listened to that one, check it out. It is a good one, but it's surprisingly it long. It's a great episode, but you're right. It is weird. Uh, anyway, uh, there's other podcasts on the network. Uh, Legend of Retro. Uh, granted, they're wrapping things up, but you can still listen to all their episodes. Uh, you've got Noobs and Dragons, which is still going strong. Um, by the time, Honestly, by the time this episode comes out, season two will have finished. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is wild. But for for over two years, we did season two. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like I was a much younger man when you started recording season two of Noobs and Dragons. Yeah, we were all much younger when we started recording season two of Noobs and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah we, we didn't know, like, uh, we, 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 we had we, a pandemic happened. A lot of stuff happened. A lot of shit went down. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, and then the GameZilla podcast is, uh, is every Tuesday. You can check it out. Uh, and then if you check us out on Patreon... We've got extra episodes for all of the shows. So we've got the post-credit scene where we talk about all kinds of fun things. Um, just kind of whatever's out, whatever topic we choose. Um, it, it, you've got the Game Shark episodes for Legend of Retro and uh, behind the DM screen for Noobs and Dragons. So all kinds of stuff. And uh, patrons, we want to thank you for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Um, some of you have supported at the $1 tier. And those of you who support at the $5 tier are the ones that get the extra episodes. And we really appreciate your, your contribution. So thank you very much patrons. Um, yeah. And, uh, and check us out on discord. So if you go to gamezillamedia.com, the bottom of the page is our discord link. Join us on discord. Uh, we like to chat usually. 
Um, sometimes I'll get on a roll and I'll chat for like 30 minutes straight and I won't stop talking. And then I just have to shut it down for a couple days. But, uh, but yeah, we, we love the chat. So, so hit us up, give us your ideas. Tell us what you think of the show. Tell us what movies you want us to see. Someone on the discord actually recently brought up the undisputed series. And, um, I think at some point we're going to explore that because Michael Jai White's in it. And we yeah, really we, like Michael Jai White. We, we do love ourselves some Michael Jai White. So. Yeah, so you know we may we, have to get through a couple to get to him, but yeah, a hundred percent. But yeah, we're 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 gonna hit up some more Michael Jai White. I think he's very uh, underutilized in the action film genre. <laughs> we won't say what it is, but there's actually one that we keep forgetting that we want to do. Um, but it, it'll be hopefully soon if we remember. <laughs> yeah. I currently can't remember what you're talking about. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you when, when we're done with the episode. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, anything else we need to plug? No, I, th- I think you got it. I think you covered it all very succinctly. You're very good at them plugs, LBJ. I've been doing it for 152 episodes. I should be. There you go. There you go. Well, in that case, this episode of The Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>